Hi, it's great to have this time with you now. And excited because this coming Sunday is our first time back in the building, back in Hope Chapel, as a ga- inside Hope Chapel, as a gathered church since 15th of March 2020. Uh, so we're, it's been great over the last few months, increasingly having in-person gatherings outside and around Hope, and, and uh, particularly for this last month being outside on the sort of uphill side of Hope, underneath the sails, uh, multi-generational times together. We've had some really rich times of exploring the Bible and, 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 and our experience of the last 18 months together. And so really looking forward to coming together back in the building again um, from this coming Sunday. And we always see September as a bit of a launch time. It's a, it's a sort of a, a fresh start for, for things us, for us as a church. And uh, we're conscious that we've had uh, quite a few people join us through the last 18 months and, uh, and come and be part of Hope. So, to, you know, for, for, the, for, for all of us, this is, this is setting out a bit of um, what we're building and where we're going. Uh, and for those of you who are new or exploring hope, um, here's a little bit of uh, showing vision, really, and, and, and what we're about as a church. Uh, that will help you to get to know us a bit more and see where you potentially uh, fit into the, to the jigsaw. So uh, we're going to be speaking about the concept of Minster. And alongside that... Looking at four different um, relationships that uh, people in the Old Testament and into the New Testament of the Bible had with the temple, which was the place of gathering to worship and pray as the people of God in the Old Testament and in, the, and in Jesus' time. And that will hopefully speak to you as, as, as we regather and as we reconsider what, um, uh, what church shape looks like for us. Something that we're really aware of through the pandemic um, has been a, a sort of wanting to really sort of sharpen our times together. And, 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 and I think one of the things we've really thought is that, is that all of us knowing our, our purpose, why we've been made, who we are, what our life is about, what are the good works that God has, has for each of us to do, is, is so important. And, uh, and we want to shape our Sunday gatherings and around being times and places where we uh, discover what our purpose is and uh, grow in it and and celebrate it celebrate when we're seeing uh, God do uh, do his work through us uh, which as we've been designed so we're going to be having a a series um, uh, through September looking at purpose and Alice is going to start us off bringing a couple of talks on purpose and from uh, from from next week onwards, so that's a, that's a plan. And uh, as we look at these uh, four, we're going to look at these four people uh, and and their relationship to the temple to help us think about our relationship to the to the Hope Chapel and to Gathered Church. And I think it's interesting to think about each of them with regards to their purpose. What was their purpose? What was their calling in life? What was the gifting that God gave them? What was the the context that He put them in? And then how? In light of that purpose, did they live their life? So have that in mind as we look at these four people. The four people we're going to look at are Anna and Simeon, maybe maybe fairly obscure people in the Bible, not not a whole lot about them, but um, it's a really interesting bit in Luke chapter two we're going to look at. And then the other one, another one is is, is David, uh, the second king of Israel, going back further in history, and then sort of midway between David and 
Anna and Simeon is Daniel, one of the uh, one of the minor prophets, one of the prophets in the in the Old Testament, and uh, can look at his relationship to uh, temple and the and the people of God as a gathered community. So we'll start, and as we go, I'm going to take a few tangents actually on this, just a few little other bits I want to speak into uh, for us as a church. So we're going to start off uh, with Anna and Simeon uh, in Luke chapter two, and so Luke's one of the four biographies of Jesus in the New Testament and um, Luke chapter 2 in from verse 21 Jesus as an eight-day-old baby as was the Jewish custom was taken to the temple to be circumcised and thankfully we don't know that anymore um, but uh, he was taken there and when he went to the temple that he had a, a really interesting encounter with firstly Simeon and then with Anna and we're going to look at these two these two people Verse, so chapter, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Holy Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to him, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you, you now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to, said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the rising and falling of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So there's a number of really interesting things there about Simeon. And so thinking about his purpose, he was, he was a person who was waiting for the consolation of Israel, waiting for the consolation, the kind of, um, the, the, he was waiting for the long, waited for, promise that a Messiah, a rescuer would come to bring freedom to Israel. So he was waiting for that earnestly. The Holy Spirit was on him. He was connected with God. God was speaking to him, revealing truth to him. God was communicating with him. He had a, he had a connection, a peace, a, a, a strong relationship with God. It had been revealed to him that by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. That's a pretty big one, isn't it? Pretty big uh, that it had been revealed to him. And I want to take a little little rabbit trail, a little bit of a, um, a tangent here. And 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 so part of what we're, we're going to be getting into purpose. And Alice is going to bring some great stuff in the next couple of weeks. And Paul Gulp is going to speak on this as well. So we're going to have, they're going to bring some real, uh, really really great stuff. Um, but I, I, one thing I want to say here is that you know part of our purpose. Comes is a, is, a, is a general purpose for all all Christians, for all believers. We're all designed to. Every person is created and designed to know God and have a relationship with God, and that's part of our purpose. And then we have a unique set of giftings and callings and 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 and, and uh, good works really that God's prepared. It says, doesn't it, in Ephesians for us um, to do, and uh, part of that is discerned prophetically. So original design prayer is where we we hear God. Um, for people and we say we believe God's made you like this and, and he sees you like this and this I'm just thinking this is quite a heavyweight prophetic word that that Simeon had received over himself saying that he would not die 
before he had seen the Messiah come. I was thinking, how would we handle that kind of prophetic word now? Um, if someone said, actually, I'm not going to die until Jesus comes back. And uh, I think we'd take, so we've been on an interesting journey with prophecy. And uh, looking back over the pandemic, the last uh, the last 18 months, um, as a church, we've had some exciting um you know, some things, a couple of things I was really encouraged by. One, you know, one of the things was Simon, God spoke to Simon, or, you know, Simon had a real hunch uh, through the sort of autumn, winter 2019 that he needed to start stockpiling flour. He was concerned that there might be a need for him to be, become self sufficient almost in bread making. And so he was buying massive kilogram quantities of, of flour uh, back way before Wuhan appeared on the, on the news channel. And, uh, and then uh, Paul Golford had a, had a prophetic word a couple of years before that. A couple of years ago, about 2020 being a, a really exceptional year and a kind of a, a kind of a massive uh, time of change and, and, and shaking. And then also Sheena, who's um, uh, been a real help to us here at home, uh, hearing God's voice, and um, you know helped us early days as a church and as a city get ready for uh, the pandemic coming with a prophetic insight merged and mixed in with her medical expertise. And um, but at the same time. Uh, we've got some stuff wrong. So I put out there in a, one of our fortnightly emails, I'd seen a prophecy from someone I trusted and thought had some, some, some weight and respect in the, in, in the prophetic. Um, they had said that the, the pandemic would be over by Passover. So that's kind of like Easter time, 2020. And I put that out there to the church and uh, to you all in, in one of our fortnightly emails. And clearly it wasn't. <laughs> so, so that was wrong. So, and, um, we've been talking actually with, uh, with, um, a number of church leaders across the city, and with Sheena and Paul Golf and, and uh, Liz Evans, uh, people who are respected sort of prophetic voices within the, within the city, about how we can as a church um, mature in our prophetic gifting, you know, and um, moving into more maybe substantial prophetic words and, and words that are, are clearer and, 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 and more, uh, whilst at the same time uh, aware of. Uh, making mistakes and how we can, uh, and Liz particularly is very good. She's got some great, um, I'm going to ask her to bring some teaching to, for us at Hope on how we can, um, how we can uh, mature in that. Um, so, because I would personally be a bit wary if someone said, actually, um, Jesus has told me, God's told me that I'm not going to die before Jesus returns. I mean, for one thing, the Bible says that no one will know the day or the hour. But I think we have seen, haven't we, through the, through the, through the pandemic, um, some, so, a lot of people claiming to have prophetic voices, and they've not all been right, to be fair. And it's and it's important that we recognise that. So, um, but uh, clearly, uh, Simeon here was right, wasn't he? Because he did see he did see the Messiah. So, um, he was told by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. So clearly Simeon's relationship with the temple, I think he must have been there quite often. Maybe he lived quite nearby in, the, in, the, in, in Jerusalem. And, uh, and the spirit prompted him saying, hey, now's the time to move into the temple. I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm beaming you towards this person, uh, this couple and their young baby right here. I've got a message for you. And, you know, we see that the Holy Spirit was in him. This was probably a man who was immersed in pretty much everyone in, this, in, 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 in Israel was immersed in the scriptures, but immersed also in the Holy Spirit. And he, and he had an intimacy with God, which meant that when he saw Jesus, he could recognize something of who he was. It was as if 
you know when Jesus is on the road to Emmaus and he opens up the eyes, he opens up the scriptures to the to two disciples that are walking there with him and, they, and, he, and he shows them how, of course, how he was actually revealed throughout the Old Testament, throughout the prophets and the law um, in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew scriptures. And Jesus, so Simeon clearly seems to have some insight and some clarity into who Jesus was and recognise that from within the scriptures. And then we see um, the next person, Anna. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She'd lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And then it goes on. So Anna also, she's, she lived, she, she spends the temp, you know, pretty much her whole life, it looks like, in the temple. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. And again, this woman who spends so much time in, in the life of prayer, the immersion of prayer, she comes up and she similarly recognises and recognises something of who Jesus is. And, uh, and so these two people, Anna and Simeon, both have this relationship with the temple that is um, very intimate and it's very time-rich. They spend a lot of time there. And likewise, um, our calling to be a prayer centre for the city, um, Hope Chapel as a, as a hub, a gathering, a gathering place. For some of you, uh, there'll be a calling on you, um, maybe for a season or maybe for a long term long time, um, to spend a lot of time in God's presence, praying and worshipping here. And as you do pray, and as you do worship, uh, God will share his heart and you'll, and, you'll, and you'll receive his wisdom and his insights and his prophecy such that um, you can bring encouragement to other people. So you just see how um, Simeon spoke to, um, to uh, Mary and Joseph in a way surely that would, they would have remembered and would have stuck with them. And when they were, had, when they, you know, when they were going through all sorts of trials and challenges, they'd be like, oh, but do you remember that man Simeon in the temple and what God spoke to us? through him about who Jesus is. Oh, that gives us that gives us courage, that gives us strength. And and Anna, likewise, she comes and she speaks to Mary and Joseph about who who Jesus is. The encouragement I think in this as well is that this isn't just a binary thing where we only get to hear God's voice if we're here the whole time 24-7. You know? This is um this is this is for all of us. God's God's bigger, bigger than that. And for me personally, over the last few months, I've just been so enjoying picking up my guitar again and having times of worship myself, just at home or coming to the prayer centre here. And I so often find that as I do that, as I'm worshipping, and, and that's what we're looking to facilitate when we worship together on Sundays, as I'm worshipping, I see things more clearly from God's perspective. And my faith levels rise as, as my, my view of the world more more closely aligned with God's view of the world. That's what we're doing when we worship. We step up into the truths of God and the other unseen world that is a, a that is a bigger reality than, than just the, the the good stuff and the brokenness we see in the world around us. So, um, likewise, when we gather to pray, when we uh, are, some of us are called to uh, longer times and more intense times of prayer and worship in the presence. Um, uh, we can expect uh, God to share his um, insights with us and, and to give us encouragement to give to other people. So that's the first, the first, the kind of first two are a bit of a pairing, really. Um, a sim- they both have this relationship with the, um, 
the temple uh, that is that is that is that is pretty um, consistent, and that they're there a lot of time. David is a different um, extreme, really. And uh, so, so I guess going back to their purpose, I wonder if they knew. Um, what, I wonder if they knew sort of early on that this was their calling in life. I mean, Anna's life actually, in some ways, looks pretty tragic. You know, she was um, uh, she was very old, lived with her husband for seven years, and then and then and then he died, and uh, and she was and she was eighty four. So she'd been a, she'd been on her own for many many years, and so you can say, you know, oh, um, you know, what a tragic life. And and uh, but the the good news and the, and the hope of Jesus and the God life is that. Um, Yes, we will have trouble in the world, and we've seen that through COVID. But that's not the end of the story. And um, and whatever our circumstances are, um, we can draw near to God and, and enter into His purposes and know His joy and know His peace, uh, regardless of the, 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 in spite of the challenges, as well as the challenges that we feel around us. So the the, the second uh, type of relationship with the temple. Um, which I want to talk about now, and again, will speak to some of us more than others within Hope and how we might relate to Hope Chapel as a minister, as a as a, as a building, as a gathering of, of church. Is David King David, and he's um you know quite a different space I think to um to Anna and Simeon. So David uh, uh, in the early years, so the temple, the actual the actual temple wasn't fully built until after. Uh, David finished as king and Solomon took over. Um, but they had a house of the Lord before that, a kind of a tent kind of version before the, before the, before the kind of stone version was built. And uh, we see David's relationship with this and, with the, and, and, and in preparing for the temple being built. These things are really important. This place is really important to David, but he's not necessarily there all the time. We see David going to the house of the Lord, going to that that place of that, that gathering place of worship at key times in his life, when there are key decisions to be made, um, when his son has died, um, in that place of mourning and grief, he, he goes to the temple, he goes to the place of worship, and um, uh, and, and 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 meets with God there. But a lot of the time in his daily life, he's out on the battlefield uh, fighting, or, you know, which we might equate to a day job or or the busyness of of raising a young family. And you know, there's, there's the intensity of a um, of a of a life that is, means that he can't spend the same sort of time in the temple as Anna and Simeon could, um, because of their because of their calling and their purpose and, and their circumstances. But David, um, we we see the temple is really important to him, and so similarly, um, it's all about purpose, isn't it? Really, David was was living in the calling that was on him, and he was he was. Um, you know, we know he really messed up in a lot of areas, but a lot of, but also he he, he worked, walked in, and lived in the purposes and calling of God to lead Israel to be a nation that worshipped the Lord and that would thrive and flourish and bless the nations around around them. And we saw that happen through through David, and so that was his purpose and that was his calling. And one of the ways that he pursued and fulfilled that was by having this place, this heart, which was towards the Lord, oriented towards the Lord, um, recognising the importance of God's presence. And he, and, he, and he set up this place of worship and, and we're going there at, at key times. And likewise, for some of you, if you're in the, in the real intensity of, say, raising young children at home 
whereby you can't be here loads or you're in the, you're in a busy 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 job again where you're, you're working hours that mean you can't be here hope chapel loads that's not a problem it's not a, it's not, we don't um it's uh as i'll say probably at the end it's really about being wholehearted and committed to god to his plans and purposes for us and uh, you know rather than you know being in a certain place for certain times so that's King David, and that's, that's the, the third, the third relationship. And then the fourth one um, is Daniel. And so Daniel, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the Bible, um, but Israel basically after um, King David, the time of David, and um, repeatedly as a nation just rejected God and stopped worshiping God and, and, and started doing terrible things to each other, destroyed their society. And God said, if you continue to, you know. Reject me and, my, and, and the good plans I have for you, then you will be taken over by the nations around you. And uh, and that happened. Israel, Jerusalem was destroyed, and um, and Daniel, along with a bunch of others, but most of the most of the nation were actually taken to a foreign land. They were taken to Babylon, and um, and Daniel, uh, they recognised that Daniel is a, is a wise and gifted young man, and so the, the kings basically take him into their into their. Um, Court and they they use him as a as a royal advisor, but so Daniel is miles away from Jerusalem, miles away from the temple, but in that remote location he continues to worship God and he continues to follow what was the case for them was this pattern of prayer, and we see that in like for example in where is it uh, in Daniel chapter six uh, when Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. Um, Darius is the king then, and uh, and basically the other advisors in Darius's court were jealous of Daniel. They could see he had this wisdom on him that was um, was more powerful and, and greater than they could offer. So they found a way to trap him, trap him by basically getting the king to make a rule that people could only pray to the king. I think it was. And um, but Daniel, of course, is not going to do that. He's only he's, so he maintains his pattern of prayer, praying several times a day. Um, facing Jerusalem, and he, he continues in that in that pattern, and as a result, he gets thrown into the lion's den. And in his old age, in his seventies, <coughs> and God delivers him from that lion's den. And so that's another uh, that's another t- type of relationship with um, with the temple that Daniel has. It's 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 remote, it's distant, but it's still really connected. And then, and, and in, in lots of ways, we've a lot of us have experienced this, haven't we? Through the pandemic. And then there are others who uh, will continue to experience this for a time. So Liz, for example, <coughs> she's likely to need to carry on shielding for some time. And online will be the main way that she, she connects with us. And, uh, and, 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 and she has always been very, um, called to and, and part of the, the, the of, of um, the call on hope to be a person to the city. And she's prayed for many years, uh, for Bristol. And, and, but she's doing that more from a remote location rather than being here in, in the building, in the prayer centre or in the, in, in the church building on a, on a Sunday. And, uh, and likewise, there's the halls down in Cornwall and, the, and uh, Rafa and Bella and, and their kids who are over in Spain. These guys are still part of Hope. And, um, and even though they have been tracking with us, walking with us as a church through the pandemic, even though they are geo- geographically Far away, and we'll, we'll navigate how that how that looks going forward, and um, with, with those guys, whether it's right for them to carry on as a part of hope that's 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 that's, that's uh, geographically distant, 
or whether it's right at some point for them to join another church or start another church, whatever it is, you know, in their, in their different settings. Um, but that's another way that you may um, relate to to the prayer centre and to hope. And uh, again, you know, Daniel, what was his purpose? Um, what was his what was his what was his calling in life? Um, it was probably to uh, I can't think of an explicit moment, you know, when he's called and God says, "Boom, this is who you are." But we see him as someone who's gifted in wisdom, gifted in leadership, gifted in bringing solutions to problems in the kind of <coughs> secular world, if I may use that term. Uh, out there, and he's able to maybe he's got a political skill as well, hasn't he, in the way he does things. Um, and uh, and uh, so, so that's some of his calling. And he recognises that actually the wisdom that he needs to do his job well to live out his calling comes from God and he can't cut himself off from worship and prayer of the Lord because that is who he is he's made to worship he's made to walk with God and that is the source of his strength and wisdom and and his giftedness so um, I want to really encourage you uh, uh, to have a think about those four different relationships um, with uh four different people in their relationship with the temple and you know use that to consider your relationship to um the prayer center uh, and and hope chapel as a minister our gathered spaces a few little things i want to just say on on each one is that um what we're all about and what we um are, are about you know our lives are about jesus about seeing his goodness his kingdom his reality come and be on earth um, as it is in heaven. The kind of how that happens is not is a kind of secondary importance. So um, we don't want to put heavy weights on people saying, you've got to come along to this event, you've got to come along to this, 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 this. We trust you um, to navigate with God and with others uh, that you walk with. You know, what's the, what's the right shape? What's the right nature of relationship for you? Our desire, our prayer, our passion is that each of us live out our calling and our purpose. And our expectation is that as we do that, we will see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. We'll see our our workplaces flourish. We'll see our homes and our communities flourish. And sometimes these things are dramatic and they're newspaper headline grabbing. A lot of the time they're not. It's the taste of, you know, salt. I don't know if you eat meat. Maybe this is not very PC, but I like the taste of steak with salt on it. And without the salt, um, it doesn't taste as good. And, uh, and But it's a subtle difference, isn't it? And so um, for a, a lot of us, um, the, the contribution that we bring, the life and the joy and the peace of Jesus that we bring might not be newspaper grabbing, um, but it's but it's salt to steak. It's, it's flavour enhancing wherever we are. And that um, can be living out our purpose and calling just as much. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, that is our desire. And I think at this point as well, it's helpful to say that whilst we're welcoming some people to join hope, and we want you to really weigh up, and uh, is this is this is this God calling me to, uh, to us us to hope? Is this um, our four dreams here to be a church that children love, to be a prayer centre for the city, to be a place of hope for people on the margins of society, to be a family for those on the margins, and to be at the heart of our community? These are our four dreams. Minster is our is, is our sort of way of going about that, and. Um, and, uh, and is that what, is that, is that, is God calling you here? That's the key question. And if he is, and um, as we said, the, the key thing is, please be all in. Give yourself wholeheartedly to following Jesus. 
wherever you are. Um, if that's with us at Hope, then wonderful. Um, if actually it's, it's, it's better fulfilled in another church or another location, then it's sad to say goodbye to people. And we, um, you know, there's a painfulness in that. But actually, we, we want that if that's what God's, God's saying. And I'm and I just, just aware that as we come to the end of the pandemic, it may be that some people, and I think there are a few people in Hope, um, who are feeling called elsewhere. And, um, and please let us know. We'd love to track with you on that. It's not, it's not a thing. You don't need to slip off. Um, so Richard Higgs and the Higgs family are feeling it's time for them to move on. And um, that is a, that's, that's a sad thing for me to hear. Um, you know, being part of Hope for a long time, such a precious, such a precious family, and we'll really miss them. But at the same time, we recognise um, the good reasons for that, and we want to we want to cheer them on and, and, and pray with them and for the next season of their love. So similarly, um, we, we we really want to, um, uh, you know, please if you're if you're called to be here at Hope, be all in, be wholehearted. And I, I think a couple of things just to mention. So um, no, I think I think we'll stop there. Actually, uh, I think uh, on those different. Uh, have a think about those different uh, roles and relationships with hope, and uh, but whichever one it is, uh, just encourage you to, to 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 be all in. So we're going to finish there, and uh, and we're and we're going to be coming in the in the next few talks looking at purpose. And as we start our first Sunday together um, in the building this Sunday, we're going to figure out a lot of the logistics and details. By the way, for this tomorrow, and we'll probably put out a video trying to give different options for. Um, people who would rather stay out of the centre of the building, for example, and try and create some fringe spaces that may be a little bit better ventilated. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be thinking through all those things. But th- those are the sort of practicalities um, which we'll, we'll come to. But the heart of the heart of hope, this is what we've been about since the beginning. This is why we, Alice and I, were drawn to hope, was it's a church that takes the words of Jesus seriously. He has come to bring hope to, um, to all the world. His death and his resurrection have achieved that. And for each one of us, God has a plan and a purpose <coughs> and a calling that is glorious. And uh, we are this wonderful, wonderful, multi-generational um, church from all sorts of backgrounds, people of God who, are, um, who, who do life together in such a way that we will see God's kingdom come around us. And I think another thing that the, the pandemic has, has shown us is that actually we need to go deep in order to, to, to bear all of the fruit. The, 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 the prayer centre is so essential. The life and rhythm of prayer is so essential to um, us stepping into the fullness of, of, um, of what God has for us. We'll be bringing more on that, on how we want to um, create, continue to make the prayer centre a space where we can, where we can build uh, ongoing prayer for um, people of God here at Hope and in the city and beyond. So, um, exciting to be getting back together with you again uh, very soon, uh, this Sunday, and in the coming weeks, um, we see this as sort of gathering speed um, over the coming weeks, um, you know, conscious that we're, we're, we're adjusting and, and to this new season. But great to be with you, and I uh, just want to pray, Lord, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Work through us. May we know you really close. May we bring your life and your flavour to the world around us. Amen.